Anybody in where? Is there anybody in here? Can anybody out there until where's my county note? See, I'm all discombobulated. I've got to figure out where my camera is. Uh, so we're technically live. I guess we need to do the little deal where we check on our phones and all that. Hey, six people. Somebody saw the show and we're late. Did we change time zones or what's I, the deal? I, well, I think it's because you are geographically discombobulated. <laughs> geographically discombobulated or or geographically discombobulated. I, or I'm, look, I'm trying to catch up on all my modern terms. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, again, we need to filter everything through the Urban Dictionary. Uh, so I'm going to try to type comments, but I have to be careful. So let's, let me kind of explain for a minute for everybody that's populating. We're up to about 20-something people. So, at, of course, we're an hour late. First time we've been late or missed a show in, I don't know, a while. But the reason is, we have a good reason. We were at the Bossier City Charter Review Commission Town Hall. Their very first town hall. Is very first fact. one. Yeah. And a good one, I might add. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And so we're now sitting, actually, I think this is the first time we've done the show, except for the debates. The first time we've done the show side by side. See, I can reach over here and get into Duke's camera space and That's whack him in the back of the head. And he can punch me in the side of the face. We're, we're like right here. So this is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I can pinch your ear See? there if you, you just kind of get right. out of line. So Yeah. So uh, anyway, just to let you folks know, we're, we're trying something a little bit different. And because uh, it was because we were late, because we are at the... the uh, town hall meetings so let's see oh somebody just signed up for the term limits you just got the email notification so i did get a youtube notification looks like we are on facebook we can see a couple of comments coming in i did get a message on youtube okay so so technically are alive yeah we're and, here anyway and in addition you know that's good that somebody signed up on the term limits i see the twitter notification we're there so we're okay. we're everywhere yeah that's pretty cool we're, we're running off our laptop tonight yeah because we're remote so, so we did. In addition, that's interesting that you point out that somebody just, you know, signed the petition. Um, we did have somebody come in this afternoon, wanted to volunteer and help collect signatures for term limits in Bozier, and they're going to go out. I think they took enough pages to get maybe about fifty signatures. And uh, hey, if any of you out there want to help, I mean, by all means, come by here. We'll show you and tell you what you have to do, and. Help us get signatures. Yeah, that, that is still an ongoing process. We're uh, well on our way with the second petition, which has additional items, as we've we've uh, talked about before. So we won't spend too much time on that. Let's see, what are we? We're about three minutes in. Uh, hello, Mr. Ferris. Hello, Larry James Hawkins, Jessica Langley, Christopher James Norris. See, y'all, y'all we, we didn't get everybody too messed up with the time change. Now... We're planning on next Tuesday being back at the regular time, but we wanted to attend this first town hall, and we'll talk some more about that after the break and uh, after we come back. We've got two main topics, so we're going to talk about First Church, uh, the hearing for that, and the West Marriott hearing. Duke, you want to give everybody just a couple of bullet points uh, yeah, you had the hearings this past week. Uh, the judge made a uh, determination on whether the First Church saga would continue or not. Looks like it's going to continue. Yeah. We'll kind of go into what that means. 
And uh, then in the Western Marriott case, I, I, I coined it in our notes, Marriott versus Goliath. Or maybe I should have said Marriott versus the good old boys. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. But yeah, he definitely took them on, and, and we'll share our thoughts about that. I, I've got definitely got my opinion for that later. Me as well, because we sat through that whole hearing in the, you know, and it, it, it basically is a transparency, uh, freedom of speech, you know, public information case. That's what it was. And, you know, Judge Stahl recently, was she elected? Nobody uh, ran against well, her. Well, she was elected technically, but she ran unopposed after uh, Lane Pitter passed away, I think, if I remember correctly. Yep. And to fill that position, and so she was a judge on it. I, I don't know. I kind of. I think her first test in the good old boy system. But anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk some more about that. So. All right. Let's see. We've got about sixty something folks watching already, so we appreciate that. We appreciate everybody follows. What do you say we go ahead and hit the countdown and all that kind of good stuff? Uh, good to see Val Baker listening from Northwood High School, watching Houghton Baseball. Hey, old H-Town. Yeah. I'm digging it. So why don't we go ahead and we'll do our countdown. We are you know, still have a three-minute countdown, about half a minute of intro and ad. That'll give everybody time to get adjusted and situated in your seat. Text your friends. Let them know, hey, we're on here running our mouths again tonight. And we'll try to uh, get our coffee cups adjusted and all that. And um, we'll be right back. How about that, Mr. Lowry? Let's do it. If folks knew a lot of the back office on the politicians that they think walk on water, uh, they would be shocked. You know, there's an old wound from a knife in my back that just is giving me heck lately, and it's just really irritating, so I have to kind of wiggle around a little bit. Well, I, I've not heard my name in stable or Baton Rouge in stable in the same sentence in a long time. And I titled it a shot across the bow of the good old boys. Just, you know, they feel helpless, they don't feel heard, they have nowhere to turn. Some Republicans as well believe that government has the answers. And let me tell y'all something, I don't know anything government does well, nothing. And aren't there laws that say that you have public meetings so that the public can have accountability of their elected officials? They're making a little bit of progress, but I would definitely have to give uh, give the race to Caddo Parish right now. I don't know, is there anybody from Plain Dealing watching, you think? As a member of the media, I'm very concerned about the what I've just heard. Did you or did you not requisition uh, money to fight against this or for it? We hire a, uh, a lobbyist so for this week, folks, the cockroach of the week, according to Bozier Watch and Duke Lowry and Rex Moncrief, is Raymond Croon's legislative assistant, <laughs> Allie Feaster-Smith. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I'm not thinking Star Wars at all. I'm thinking <laughs> zombie apocalypse. No way. Oh, okay, it was not okay. You know it wasn't David Montgomery. David okay. ain't gonna jump off in there with Chris. He's okay. gonna do it. He'd soon spit on him as he would even look at him. Man, this is a Mickey D's Krispy Kreme wheat. Didn't you know? <laughs> Who, who's paying y'all? And if you're driving on the roads, are you safe? Uh, it's in the road, yeah. Well, I know you're on the road, but I mean, is this all folks coming from the border down there? Yeah. 
going to border. It's actually going to Mexico and buses. Doesn't mean they interpret it the same way that I do. For instance, the Second Amendment. I take it very literally. That's been interpreted different ways in the court system all the way up to SCOTUS. Yeah, that's only going to cause more division that he claims he doesn't want to cause. And it's only going to cause more suspicion. We're still right now combined on both pages in YouTube at 264 people watching. That is amazing, folks. Coleman Project, the Walker Place deal, through conscious, shocking action. The purpose of their actions was to stop plaintiffs being the Ural Coleman and, and associated groups not from developing Walker Place. But here's a key thing, which in turn would enrich sitting city council members Scott Irwin and David Montgomery Jr. You hit the button. Does that mean that uh, people are like seeing us sitting here talking and well, chatting? In theory, you know, it's an every week thing. We got to double check and make sure it's like a miracle any of this actually works. This Bossier Watch live broadcast is brought to you by The Outdoor News, fishing and outdoors for our area. Acadiana Mortgage, over 23 years in the mortgage business. Pelican Training and Consulting. Smarter Geek, making technology easier. And the many supporters, donations, and folks sharing information and watching out for Bossier. Now, grab your popcorn and a drink. Here we go. Okay, so uh, I think it's moving along fairly well technically. Folks, if y'all saw the desk here with all the cords and all that, uh, but it's kind of interesting that we can do this remotely because, I mean, that means we could go to meetings and stream live from a meeting. We should stream live from a city council meeting. Oh, you mean so sit out in the audience with a live stream going and narrate the show? Yes. Wouldn't that be great? You'd think they'd kick us out? Well, I'm just wondering how fast there'd be a point of order. Well, I imagine it would be pretty quick. I mean, heck, for that matter, we could we could live stream the court proceedings. Oh, wait a minute. Do what? Yeah, I mean, like in the courtroom. Surely they would let us do that. Wait a minute, so everybody could see for themselves? Yeah, see exactly what was said, not just what the court reporter takes down and what they put out and then have to pay for it. You know, from the... Um, now, wait a minute. Are you saying that the court reporters don't, you know, do exactly what is said? Oh, I didn't say that. Okay, but, I just want, but, to, you know, I want to clarify because, you know, we've already been threatened one time tonight with defamation. I know, we've been threatened with a lawsuit. If we say anything to defame someone, oh, we're going to get sued. Literally been told that tonight by somebody who didn't actually say anything at the meeting other than... Her, so I narrowed it down, introduction. Yeah. I'd... And let, she warned us, well, if you say anything bad about me, I'm going to sue you for defamation or whatever. I didn't hear it. Did you hear it? No, I didn't actually hear it. Uh, somebody else did. I kind of caught part of the conversation, but I had already turned around. So, But somebody that's relatively trustworthy did hear it and you know, let us know. And so, anyway, whatever. Uh, sue us if you want. But I want to make sure everybody's clear that as an elected official or an appointed bureaucrat, as the case may be, you the, the standard is much higher for defamation of character or libel and all that and what people say about you. So just be aware of that when you get too happy. All right, so enough of my, uh, enough of my soapbox about that. What have we got on tap this evening? All right, so we labeled this show the end of justice. And, 
you know, uh, that might have been a little strong, but mm. I, I mean, I got to tell you, and, and I've made no bones about it, and I've said it on previous shows, that I, I don't have faith in the judicial system. And I, I've said that a lot of places, and, and I haven't seen anything yet that give me confidence that even today that still our judicial system is in a place where it, it's, you know, any more trustworthy than any other part of government. Well, look, I got to agree with you there. And I hadn't sat through too many court proceedings um, in Benton up there, but we were there, let's see, what, Thursday afternoon and pretty much all day Friday. Well, I'm not pretty much, literally all day Friday. And, I, you know, it goes back to one of the quotes in our intro. I was kind of shocked at some of the things I learned in that courtroom. I don't want to give away too much yet, but... It, you know, a lot of it was kind of boring, and, you know, you had to make sure and stay awake on those uncomfortable benches that they have in there. Um, but it was definitely worth being there to see what transpired in that court hearing. Yeah, no no doubt. So, you know, we're not basing, you know, kind of what we're saying in our opinion off of just one case. And we're certainly not you know, making a determination and saying justice is over because of the first church case. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's a total uh, combination of a lot of things. So uh, let's jump right into it. Okay. So la- not last week, but it, maybe it was the week before or the week before that, you had the term limits case. Right. You had Colonel Crockett before Judge Craig and Regardless of what you think of the ruling on that case, I'm a little biased on it. You know, the issue pertained to uh, a strict interpretation of state law that says that the year of birth has to be on a petition. You know, you know, we contend that a voter ID number, which has all aspects of the, the requirements and statute, they're, they're all inclusive in that. Well, and let me add to that for those of you that may not quite understand that concept, that voter ID number is a unique number. Think of it like a serial number or kind of like your social security number, for example. With that number, which is unique to you as an individual voter, the registrar of voters or the secretary of state or anybody else for that matter, because a lot of it's public record, can pull up everything about you, including your year of birth. And so that's why, honestly, from a technical standpoint, having the voter ID number, again, a unique number, uh, is far more important than literally anything else on the petition other than your signature. And and it's far better. And, And the bottom line is all the requirements that the legislature put in the statute for a petition, date of birth or year of birth, ward and precinct, original signature, a witness signature, all of all of those, you know, requirements are not for you and me. It's all for the registrar of voters to enable her to accurately determine whether or not the person signing the petition is, in fact, a registered voter or not. Yeah, because they have all those signatures on file. Now, I want to address something else, too, and we've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again since we're talking about the court cases and all that. That form, the petition form, was not something that 
you or me or the colonel dreamed up, right? That, that, that's right? that was actually provided by the Secretary of State to the Registrar Voters Office and or certified. It was a it was a combination of both, yes. Okay. So it's not something that, you know, Colonel Crockett made up or you made up or like I said I did or anybody else involved in this, Shane or, or anybody else. It was literally provided by the state. And so that's the template that we used with that. Right. So the reporting that you see anywhere that, you know, we made an error or whatever. And I saw an article today. I mean, that that is inaccurate. You know, it's just the error was being provided bad information. Yes, from the state itself. Now, if, if bad information, if your interpretation is a strict one that, by gosh, if it says you got to have the year of birth on there, well, you're being too nice, dude, because I'll just say, if your interpretation of it is that you need to do everything you can at all costs to avoid term limits because you're a politician that's been in there for 20 million years and writing insurance policies for everybody and their brother all around the city, while legal, um, if you're one of those type of politicians, then yeah, you want to fight this at all costs and try to make it, you know, literally, it's kind of cliche, but have a chilling effect on the common average citizen. Yeah, and so the end result, not to beat that to a pulp, the end result was was a ruling by Judge Craig, you know, uh, to a strict interpretation of the law that, you know, the voter ID, while not written in, you know, the law to, to be able to replace all of those things and not even addressing the question or the fact that it contains all the prerequisites of the law, he, he adhered to a strict interpretation of the law. So, uh, you, you know. Look, you know, I know Judge Craig from, from fishing a little bit. It's not like we're, you know, best friends or any sort of a mad, uh, sort of thing like that. So, yeah, I can't necessarily fault Judge Craig for ruling the way that he did. I mean, I wish he would have had a more, uh, let's just say, liberal interpretation of the statute uh, and of the certification process, but he didn't, and that's part of it. Now, so the choice is, you know, try to appeal it or whatever. Well, that's not going to be the case because, well, you've said it before, we don't really want to waste any more taxpayer dollars than necessary uh, on litigation. So we've already started and we're well on the pathway to uh, getting the signatures on the new petition. I think we'll leave that there. So one week, you have a strict interpretation of the law. And then fast forward to another case uh, a week later in Marriott versus the city of Bossier and Councilman David Montgomery. And we got a little looser with that interpretation. You got something different. And, and here's where we're going to go into detail about it. Right. I've got plenty of opinions on this. And <laughs> but Oh, here we go. But but the but the interesting thing is arguably the term limits case, it benefited the Gob network. Yep. Then you have this case with Marriott, and who did it benefit? Oh, the Gobs. The Gob network. I mean, there there is a pattern here. Right. And, and look, you've heard me say this before, so I won't beat this dead horse either, but it's a process. We never expected any of this to go smoothly. And of course, you know, Wes has his own case and, and, and things that he's doing. Um, but 
it has bearing on all of us as private citizens and access to information. So, but we didn't expect any of this to be easy or them to just give up. I mean, we knew that they were going to have to be dragged kicking and streaming like petulant children yeah, into the, submission. And part of the reason for this show, we say it all the time, is to you know try to uh, ensure more transparency in government. We wish they would just do it on their own. They say, they, you know, politicians run for office. They say that we want transparency. We're fighting for you. We're doing all this. But then when they get in there, they do everything in their power to limit, you know, your access to uh, limit transparency. And this was a case of, you know, public information requests. And a few shows ago, Rex, you and I were talking about how inexplicably all of a sudden, we got a response, cut none. Oh, yeah, let me, let we me got a response from the city attorney, you know, saying, hey, we went back and basically they, they did an audit. They went back accounting all of the public information requests that we have done uh, since we, I guess you could say, started this show. And <laughs> yeah, it was out of the blue. Out of the blue. We didn't ask for it. And you know, we, we both looked at each other and said, well, why all of a sudden for no prompting would they suddenly say, well, go through all the public information requests and make the determination of whether or not they had fulfilled their obligations. Well, lo and behold, it's because of the lawsuit, specifically the West Marriott lawsuit. And, you know, uh-oh, Richard Ray, to his credit, is having to try to clean up the mess of the city as far as our public re records request. Now, Duke. Well, wait a minute. You're saying... He's never, according to him and what I heard in that case and the public information uh, statement that was made today, there's no mess. Hmm. The, they, they've been dotting the I's, crossing the T's. There's no problems. Hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah, let me. All right. So let me. I'm fixing the audio problem right now, Mr. Ferris. Sorry about that. Uh, Duke's microphone got muted so you could hear him through mine. So. Forgive any little technical issues this evening. This is the first time we're doing this on the laptop. All right. So am I back? Can y'all hear me? All right. Give us an audio check, people. Audio check. Duke, give them an audio check. I, what about it? Jessica Maddox, can you hear me? My dear bride, Kara Lowry with Acadiana Mortgage. Can you hear me? Oh, we're getting some love. Look at there. Back. Okay. All, All right. right. So sorry about that, folks. But y'all keep us on our toes there because we are watching the comments. So here's the thing is... Um, he, uh, well, let's go back he, he, to what you were saying in, in the hearing about Richard Ray and addressing these. Records. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we unexplicably got this response, you know, to all of our public information requests and Richard Ray, you know, to his credit, we thought, Hey, they you know, they're cleaning up, trying to catch up, acknowledge that he located three, uh, requests that had not been concluded or had not been responded to or you know in remain open in some regard those are his words and that he would be sending responses right but, now i want to be clear about something though so the question is and we've been asked this well if they're behind on some of these requests how come we haven't sued well well why hadn't we sued rex well, I mean, we could. It's what a hundred dollars a day for every day they're late. One of but, these is what two or three years late. But, I mean, run the math, people. But wait a minute. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to say just because 
He's saying it's concluded. Does that mean it's concluded? Oh, no, it doesn't mean it's concluded. Because I think if I'd have to go back through them, I don't remember right off the top of my head tonight, but there might be some no response answers. Well, that was a part of this case. Right. So as we go through that, so here's the deal. Weston Marriott, um, he filed a suit, and it was based on public information requests, the same thing that we do. So you're right. Why haven't we sued? You're right. And could we have sued? Could we sue today? Wouldn't that be ironic if we did sue the city? It's $100 a day, so let's do the math. We're talking six figures, folks. Wouldn't that be ironic if the what, city of Bossier... Six figures for which request, Rex? Oh, uh, well, I, th- I can think of the map one that I sent okay. him for the map request. Well, we're going to have to show... Just off the top of my head. We'll have to show multiple requests, but I think... Now, this could go either way. If by Judge Stahl's interpretation, we wouldn't be entitled to anything. Oh, well. But. I'm, I, here, here's what I'm doing is I'm making the, the assumption, which I know is a dangerous word, but we would, have to, we would have to know going into this that we've got to leapfrog out of the 26 and get it to the appeals court because we know we're going to get shot down in the 26 JDC. That was made abundantly clear and, well, we've got plenty to discuss on that, but I want to get back to this. So wouldn't that be ironic, folks, if we decided to actually sue for this, because we could. I mean, we've got the well, documented proof. If the city of Bossier ended up funding Bossier Watch and Louisiana Watch, wouldn't that just drive Okay, no, 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 no. That would defeat the purpose of why we're doing Bossier Watch, which okay. which also, you know, we, we, we would never do that. Right. But I tell you what, I'd make a challenge. Okay. Challenge, challenge me and challenge everyone. I'll make a challenge. So we believe we've got, and I'm going to use that word, I think it was countless, or what was the terminology that Wes used that they said was inflammatory? Oh, wow. he said regarding so many public information requests. He, he hurt their feelings. He was so mean. Yeah. So if there's any attorney out there, I mean, we're not going to, I'm not going to do that. Pro, you know that pro bono deal, pro se or pro whatever. se or what? Yeah. yeah, I ain't doing that crap. I ain't got time for that. But yeah. we've got countless public information request failures that show a consistent pattern, and it would it would equate to a substantial penalty. We're not out about money. That's that's not what we're about. Um, although making money is good, but not in this way. Right. But what I would say is, if there's an attorney that wanted to take this case, we would be willing to do it on our behalf. But our only thing would be that I, I propose that the, all the money go to the firemen and policemen of Bossier City. Or or better yet, maybe even to the IT department of Bossier City, because I hear they've we, about lost every one of their employees over there or are imminently about to lose every one of them because they can't get appropriate pay. Oh, have y'all heard that publicly? We can be like the Robin Hoods of Bossier City. Yeah, but but I wouldn't do it unless we could get a judgment to send the money to them. You're going to be Robin Hood or Will Scarlet? No, I want to be the friar. Oh, you can be the friar. I want to be you the can friar. Be friar talk. Yeah, okay. you can be Robin Hood. I'll, I have to be Robin Hood. Yeah, that that's a great idea. So look, if there are any attorneys out there listening or whatever, you know some that want to take this on. I mean, we're legitimately talking about a potential lawsuit right here. Not that we're going to do it, but if you want to take it on and we make a deal and we figure out legally where we could take that money and turn around since, you know, since the city will give their engineering firm the, uh, you know, 
30 something percent uh, pay raise, but not the firemen, not the police. Yeah, I, I think that's a grand idea, dude. Good idea that you have. We, we could spread the wealth to the city employees. Just give it to the, yeah, give it to the employees. Yeah. I mean, they're, they need it. But back, back to the case. Um, so here's the deal. Wes files this thing. And again, we've got this this email just out of the blue. Y'all have filed this many requests. And basically, it was painting the picture to show that there's no lapse in responses to public information requests. So paints this rosy picture of how responsive. It, it doesn't say anything about the responses, but how responsive the city has been. And during the trial with Wes, they did the same thing. You know, I think I, I got to tell you, when I seen the quantity of uh, public information requests he had made, I, I felt like you and I had been slacking because he... <laughs> yeah, he's been like public request happy. We thought we were the leaders in this space and apparently we're behind. He's he's double us. What would Richard say we had? 36? And Wes was up to what? 60-something? I don't know. Yeah, and, and part of the thing is, is we kind of quit pouring information requests on because other people started, even John Settle, other... Yeah. People were putting requests in, and there was no sense in duplicating requests for information. And, you know, look, I mean, the the city government and the attorneys, they have other things. We even heard tonight people were complaining about a lack of movement for properties and other issues like adjudication. I mean, we recognize that it, it is laborsome to try to go after information. And so we, for the most part, we always focused our public information requests on time-sensitive information, and as well to just be able to reinforce that Bossier City is not responsive to public information requests. Yeah, and look, folks, I'll just, you've heard us say it before, but it takes a lot to do what we do, getting on our soapbox every Tuesday, and now we're spinning back up every Thursdays, and we're going to do some outdoors stuff and all that, too, but it takes a lot to prep for the show, and so we haven't chased all the rabbits of the public information requests, you know, that we could have or that we should have, but we appreciate everybody that's kind of picking up the slack and doing it as well, because we're all about crowdsourcing this, you know, crowdsourcing engagement of everybody to start paying attention to Bozier. Um, I can't tell you how good it makes me feel. And Duke, I know you too, to see a lot of folks stepping up and, like tonight, it was actually a pretty well-attended uh, town hall meeting down at, um, um, well, and I've just had a complete... Hooter Park. Hooter Park, sorry. Uh, down at Hooter Park. So anyway, we're very, very happy, you know, that a lot of people are paying attention now. Yeah, and, and the and the purpose of public information requests and, and fighting for the transparency is not to overwhelm the city attorney's office, the mayor, the council, or to, to weigh down city government, but it's to force them to be more transparent. And, you know, so this trial, Wes filed suit right. seeking public records. Right. Now, y'all have to understand. All right, Kara says can't hear me again. What? Don't know. No, your audio's fine. Okay. So, you know, what you have to understand is, is Wes has a federal lawsuit, and then this was a separate suit, and in that federal lawsuit, he has the Tulane Law School representing him and in the federal case, but in and it's a different case. And in the 
uh, state case, he was doing it pro se, which means he was representing himself. So they were having dialogue. Uh, there was dialogue taking place. And the city of Bossier, here's what you need to understand, Richard Ray and them made the determination or said that since they are in litigation with West Marriott, they won't communicate with West Marriott. They would only communicate with his Tulane lawyers. Well, the Tulane lawyers sent a message back to the city of Bossier and said, we're not representing Mr. Marriott in regards to the public information case. You need to submit that to him. Right, right. And what did Richard Ray and the city do? He just ignored it and kept on sending the messages. It was like, I, I mean, I could just, there's no way I could be one of those lawyers because I would have called him everything except a redheaded stepchild. Because apparently, again, they said they don't want to represent Wes as far as these, you know, public information requests, and he just ignores them and keeps on sending them. I think they even, I may be misquoting here, but I think they even said they had a phone conversation about it in addition to email, you know, correspondence about it. But, yeah, but but that, you know, decision was the city of Bossier's to continue sending it to somebody who says, we're not a party right. to what you're doing and they just kept sending it, and and I, I mean, good grief. Yeah, it's like Woody. You, oh, I, you know, I, I guess to the Tulane uh, lawyers' credit, um, they were you know relaying or trying to relay the information to West. So they they did try to do the right thing. They just didn't cut off the information. So anyway, let's. So know. so during so during that we're getting there and and we're going to start right. trying to speed up and get through this information but it's a lot. So what ended up happening was was when the city finally submitted a response, you know, with answers to his question, they sent it to the Tulane law firm and the the document or the transmission was so big and you being the tech guy it didn't make it to the lawyers and yeah. then because the lawyers were forwarding all those emails that were coming. They weren't taking any action or even right. reading them, but they were forwarding them to West. But something happened, and that response didn't get to the lawyers. Yeah, so just so everybody's aware, the email that Richard Ray sent, which by his own admission, he, he, he made it sound like, oh, he was just trying to do his job and came in during the ice storm. What he conveniently forgot to mention was the fact that, you know, they forced a city council meeting and a charter commission meeting during this ice storm, so he had to be there anyway. But he, you know, he did try to send it by his own admission. He scanned it in, and the file was too large for an email attachment, and then he had to rescan it or recompress it or whatever he did. The long story made short, the email got to Tulane, but it didn't make it through their email server. Their email server, whether they're using Exchange or whatever they're using, uh, cut it off from even getting to the attorneys. It and quarantined it. It quarantined it. And it doesn't send out an email notification saying, hey, you got a quarantined email. Because when, it, when the system flags it like that, they don't want the user to have the opportunity to open that email or open that attachment because for whatever reason, the system flagged it as suspicious or, or whatever the case was. So the email never got to the attorneys, thus the email never got to Wes. They never even got a notification that they had an email. And so that was one of the initial sticking points. And, and so Wes, 
not getting any response, you know, uh, to my understanding of the way the case and what I heard was he messaged the Tulane lawyers, have you heard any response? They reply to him, no, we haven't heard anything. And he made the decision, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sue him. Well, wait a minute. You left out an important part here. Oh, okay. So Wes sent an email, and I may be misquoting, so Danielle or Wes, if you're in the comments, you can correct me. But Wes sent an email to the mayor's inbox, who's the official custodian. I think he carbon copied it to Richard Ray and, and maybe to Montgomery as well. I may be incorrect about that point. But anyway, he sent one to them. Um, basically saying, hey, you know, I, what's up or whatever, you know, I'm going to file suit or whatever it was that he said in that particular email. Well, guess what? So Richard Ray and the city's deal was, oh, well, we never got that email. Now, they make a big deal about Wes getting this email and, and he must be lying and he's, you know, doing all this because he didn't get an email. But in reverse, when Wes sent them an email before he filed suit, that, oh well, we just didn't get it. Yeah, so so it's 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 okay one way, but it's not the other way. But right. so so the the moral of the story here is the city can decide who they're going to send your information that the law stipulates you're legally entitled to ask for and legally legally have review. They can just choose to send it to somebody and say, "Hey, they're representing you," even though they say that they're not, and then that's okay. All right, but here, here's the deal. So Jeff Gray had a comment. He said, you know, stuff happens, but it was sent. Okay, so, and I'm trying to uh, remember here, you know, from a couple of days ago, so correct me where I'm wrong, dude, but if I remember right, um, Wes filed the suit, and that's where he used the inflammatory, hurtful language that really hurt her feelings, and that's when the city got pissy, Although Wes was trying at that point, okay, I've got the information, let's work something out to resolve this. And then the city filed the motion or whatever for sanctions. And so literally, it flipped Wes from being the plaintiff to being the defendant in his own case. Yeah, so they 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 filed exceptions, and, and one, they wanted to have the case, the first thing, have the case thrown out, deeming it to be moot, which Judge Stahl did, and we'll get into... Her, her rationale that she articulated or was articulated during the case. We'll get into that. And then as well, like you said, for the sanctions against West for inflammatory language. Because in his petition, he said, you know, I don't remember the exact words, but basically saying that they regularly don't respond or are or, or unresponsive to uh, messages and I mean yeah. to public information requests and the like right. and so ding 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 about you know our sudden unexplained response on our email that hey all of your because they were preparing for that to go after Wes so that in even in Wes's public information request to say all of your re requests have been responded to. And and if they had Bozier Watch up there, they'd say, well, Bozier Watch, how many of your requests have been responded to? Well, Richard Ray's, all of them. They're, we're perfect. We don't make no mistakes. We've done everything. Well, that's where no, the no, rubber no, no, meets no, 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 no. the road a little bit. Yeah, so shall we get into the points about the call logs yet? Are we ready to segue into that? 
we we can, or if we want to, let's let's show everybody a little bit of what we're talking about. Let's okay. go through some of these public information requests. So what Wes was requesting cut was ten. Yeah, go to cut ten. Uh, no, 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 no. Cut eleven and twelve. We'll come back to cut ten. All right. So I'm at cut eleven. Yes. So yeah, it might be a little little small for everybody to read, but we'll we'll don't worry about that. This is an example, and we're going to point out to you, and, and you're going to see it here. So here's an example of a public information request that we sent on August 7, 2023. And this one was uh, requesting letters, emails, correspondence, you know, for the, the Keene. Yeah, was it the Katie Bell, Keene Miller deal? Yeah, it was the Katie Miller, Keene Bell. So I think August the 7th. Uh, 2023. Now let's go to cut 12. All right. Let me drag that one in. Give me just a second here. I got to be real careful how I click because I'm on my touchpad, not a mouse. So super responsive on this one, August the 9th, you know, just two days later, we get, you know, a response from Charles Jacobs saying that they're unable to provide us anything regarding to that public information request. Right. Pretty much just saying attorney-client privilege. Yeah, asserting that and work product is that key term that they love to use. Work product. Yeah, but it, but if you go back to cut eleven again, the second part of that that request was copy of the independent, outside, and non-biased opinion. That was their words at the council meeting when they right. were saying that that was who we needed to use. And at that time, it was our understanding that she had already sent the opinion you know, about the term limits issue. Yes. So how is that? And they they presented it at the council meeting. It it was made public. How is that, you know, protected speech? It's really not because, well, it was disclosed in the council meeting or alluded to, you know, in the council meeting. So. All right. Let's keep going. All right. So so follow, follow the bouncing ball here, folks. So these are not directly related to Wes's case, we're backing up and showing our own stuff. To give examples. In, in, the, in the examples and giving full context to help you understand Wes's case. All right, so yeah. cut 13. Yeah, so that last request, Rex, do you feel that request was responsive? Uh, not technically. I mean, but, he, he responded, but in the legal sense? Yeah, but was it complete? No, it wasn't complete. Yeah, but according to them, that oh, was complete. Yeah. They 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 fulfilled their duties. Right. N- nothing else to do. So here's the next one. This was on July 19th. And, and the writing may be a little small, so we're going to let you know what's, what's up. With yeah, it. so in the top email line, uh, this was a, we wanted simply the invoice of Katie Bell previously to the city of Bossier, any billing that had ever taken place. And the point of this was, was it wasn't disclosed when Charles Jacobs at the council meeting was saying that, you know, an unbiased uh, attorney to give us an outside opinion. Well, we knew that Katie Bell had been a attorney in the Link Coleman versus the city of Bossier lawsuit. She was in the deposition of David Montgomery and, and in the depositions, we couldn't find her, her asking any questions or taking any action until the David Montgomery deposition, and it was she only uh, lodged an objection, if my memory serves me correct, when a question was asked regarding David Montgomery's insurance business. I think you're correct on that. It's been a while since we looked it over, and a little bit of foreshadowing 
we're going to have a lot more to talk about with the Link Coleman deal. We're going to put on the time capsule and jump back in time on that because we did get an interesting email, which we'll share out on a future show coming up in a few weeks. And, and okay. we'll, that, that, the gag order is another one here. But anyway, so that request, we sent it on July 19th. July 20th, City Attorney Charles Jacobs acknowledged receipt and said, hey, give me 30 days. Absolutely. Sure. Not a problem. Not unreasonable. That's a lot of stuff to go through. It was a little time sensitive since at the council meeting he said, you know, unbiased, and it was going to be discussed at a next meeting. So to know that his statement was not accurate, that she had not, you know, been involved in work on behalf of the city before had we had this information of her billing um before that delay the 30-day delay ultimately he ended up sending it to us but it wasn't until september the 18th yeah so i mean again you can see the pattern and history of delays now the law says that they have to respond or acknowledge the request within three business days. Three, three or five. Uh, they have to acknowledge it within three. Okay. And But they don't have to fulfill the request. That They just have to acknowledge, hey, we, we've received it and all that, and either we can get the information together in a timely fashion or, like in this case, we need 30 days or whatever to, to get the information. So in that case... While, yes, they met the the prerequisite of acknowledging our request, but they didn't timely get the request to us, you know, arguably they could have produced it a whole heck of a lot faster, right. but they intentionally didn't didn't respond to the request. They delayed it. Oh, be careful what you say, dude. Well, that, well, that might be inflammatory and mean language. I think for the for the sake of the debate that took place and, and the statements that she was unbiased and had not done anything for the city, I think that would have been pertinent information for the public to know should they have wanted to go to the council meeting and say, You're a bunch of liars. we have liars, an objection. Liars. Yeah, here here's the bill. Right. But the only way we could get the bill was from them. Yeah. Remember, we did break the news with the bill that I forget how many thousands of dollars worth of billing they had done. It was an insane amount. I've got it in in here somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, and so we eventually did get that information released. I think it was Colonel Crocker, maybe it was Wes, you know, did mention it in, in one of the pu- public comments. So it did get out there. But again, it wasn't really in the time frame that we would have liked to it have been in when it was front and center on everybody's mind. Okay. Here's another one. This was uh, October the 10th, 2023. We've talked about this one in another show. It was pertaining to the alleged gag order that has been, you know, said forever since the Link Coleman case that supposedly the federal judge put on the case. And, okay, we wanted to see it. Yeah, where's the gag order? And we didn't get a response at all, I don't think, until Correct. here a few weeks ago, right before Wes's case started. So October the 10th to February, whatever that date is, again, that's a pretty heck, heck of a big delay. All right. So, um, yeah, so the next one is cut 15. And, and you can see here, let me, let me get it pulled up on the screen here. So cut 15 is the response to the gag order request and no actually 
That is us prompting them following oh, yeah. up. I'm sorry. You're, uh, I, I've got to have a little more coffee here with my um, Be Happy cup. But, yeah, you're correct. That is us saying, hey, uh, it was October the 31st. We haven't received any not even, even an acknowledgement an... saying, you know, from the city saying, hey, we got the request, which they're legally bound to do. And, you know, being polite, we're sure it's just an oversight. Please respond. So, yeah, thanks for... Uh, and uh, and still, we didn't get a response or, or the completion of it. it again, what in a completed response according to them, just because they say it's a completed response doesn't mean that it we accept... meets the legal definition of a completed response. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, did you see... And maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I'm going to go ahead and, and pitch this out because I can't stand it. Did you see when the Tulane attorneys quoted the public information law and neither Judge Ali Yellow Stahl nor Richard Ray nor the two lawyers from the two different law firms that the city hired against West to defend against West, none of them knew what the law was. And you know how I, I know they didn't know? Because we were sitting there behind them and immediately Judge Ali Stahl picked up her phone or laptop or whatever it was. She's scrolling through it and looking it up. We could literally see the attorneys and what they were looking up. They're, they're scrambling. They're, Richard, they're all grabbing their mobile phones, tapping yeah, in. Richard Ray for it. actually got up from the kind of witness little area, whatever they call that, walked over to the two attorneys and like pointing them out to stuff. They're all scrambling to look up the public information law. They didn't even know that, and the case was about it. As a matter of fact, if I remember right, Judge Stahl, we'll have to see once we finally get the transcripts, Judge Stahl. Ask the Tulane lawyers, well, can you cite the statute? Right, and she couldn't verbatim, but right. the but the content and the gist of it, she did articulate. Yeah. She articulated that in her, her what she and was then, saying. Then her other co-attorney or whatever that specializes in public info requests, by the way, had the statute pulled up. So then she was able to tell her, I think, what is it, 44-3 or whatever. Well, and we're going to read that and show it here in just a second for you, but go to Cut 17, but we're going to read that. And we're going to show you, and we're going to show you why that's important, as opposed to what the responses are that come in these public information requests from the city of Bossier, and what, by virtue of what Judge Stahl just ruled, what she's in, enabling. Right. So hold on, just a second here. Cut I'm seventeen. Having, yeah, I'm having problems clicking and dragging yeah. for some reason. So, and this is the last one that we will pull up on on the information requests as examples for y'all, and, and we will go to some of the responses. But what this is is a request like governmental bodies, and you can explain this a little better, governmental bodies have to have a gun-free zone map, right? Yes, if they are a, a taxing precinct or, or zoning taxing precinct, uh, uh, sorry, not precinct, government entity, then they have to, provide to the public a gun-free zone map, all areas of the city where your Second Amendment rights are prohibited. And uh, none of them in Bossier do this. Now, the city of New Orleans does. They actually post theirs. And so I've sent in several requests to the police jury and all that. Hey, I want a copy of the map. I don't want to have to build one myself if, this, if we're paying for this already with our tax dollars. Well, <laughs> this one was... 
Oh, oh, you can see it's kind of little at the bottom down there. The first time I sent it was October the 29th of 2021. 2021. That That's right after we started the show. Our first show was October the 6th of 2021. First live show that we did. Now, now, Bozier is on top of their game, and they don't miss nothing, and they're responsive, and they don't let anything, you know, I'm just telling you what I heard in the court and what I've seen, you know, in public uh, re- responses here lately, but you followed up, I mean, two years later, <laughs> two years later. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you, you said, I'm going to read it, because so you can keep yeah, laughing. Yeah, go ahead. Please be aware, we are still waiting on a response Two years later. That was on October the 30th of 2023. And did you get a response? No response then either. Not a, but all of a sudden. So, so any of these attorneys out here that may be listening or watching the show, you should hear dollar signs going cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Right here. Here is the proof. Can't be denied. But, But look, but look. According to the ruling that I just set up there two days and listened to, according to the ruling by the judge, and, and, and I and look, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Lord forbid, I hope somebody doesn't accuse me of being whatever. I mean, look, look read, read those one, two, three, four, five last six words of that response, Rex. <laughs> The, well, let me just read the whole thing. So, the city of Bossier City has no records responsive to this request. Okay. Now, that sounds innocent enough, right? And the city... He, an- Ray, he answered it. Richard Ray... That's good enough. ...considers that a done deal. That's it. But, because these, to use Duke's word, jack wagons, and that'll save me from saying something really mean and probably get us kicked off of these platforms... Because they haven't read the law, literally the judge and the attorneys haven't read the law. And again, we literally witnessed this in the courtroom. Because they haven't read the law, they don't know that this is not fulfilled. It's either that or they know it and intentionally have utilized because oh, nobody... Be careful, Duke. That's mean. They might get their feelings but hurt. But nobody has ever questioned it. But this case was putting that to the question. And unfortunately, the building where justice goes to die decided that that is an appropriate case. Now, are we just making this up? And are we... Are We We must be. I mean, we're amateur journalists. We just get on our soapbox. We won't say are, something to somebody's face. We just lawyer? say it all on the show. Are you a lawyer? I'm a Facebook lawyer. Not yeah. a real lawyer. Not by any stretch. I'm just a road scholar of Stupidville. Yeah, but I'm go a to, Facebook lawyer. So we, we'll let y'all be the judge if we're going over the top here a little bit. But go to cut 10 and let's just actually, let's see what the law says. Yeah, I wish I had the little drum roll so, thing here, but all right, so that's cut 10. Is that correct? Yeah, so right. the no responsive records, and when I tell you there are countless responses, we could go back through through our public information requests, all of them that we filed, and I, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe half or more have no responsive records or something to that effect. But in the case of absence of records there's that it state law addresses that right and, <clears throat> excuse me so 
This is Revised Statute 44, 34. Uh, we understand that the you know type may be a little bit small, so you can look it up if you want. But uh, And this the, is what the Tulane lawyers were trying to point out, that had them all jumping around in their seats like chickens in a frying pan. Right. So you want to go, you, you've got a little bigger on your screen. You yeah. You want to go ahead and read that. So absence of records, if any public record applied for by any authorized person is not in the custody or control of the person to whom the application is made, such person shall, shall, and that's important in legal parlance, promptly certify this in writing to the applicant and shall, in the certificate, state in detail to the best of his knowledge and belief, comma, the reason for the absence of the record from his custody or control, comma, its location, comma, what person then has custody of the record in the manner and method in which, comma, and the exact time at which it was taken from his custody or control. Yeah, so here's the deal. I don't have the little crickets chirping uh, sound effect loaded in, in our software on my laptop, but I would be playing the crickets right now for you, Richard Ray, because you still haven't fulfilled that request. Well, I'm thinking back about Legally all the speaking. requests. Y'all want to follow the law. Hold on, i got to get on my soapbox okay. for a second. Y'all want to follow the law and then try to turn around and use the law and weaponize it and turn a, a plaintiff into a defendant. Well, here's the law, Richard, right here, plain and simple. You still ain't following the law, Richard Ray. Well, okay, wait a minute. The Tulane lawyers raised this. They raised this in, in, the, uh, in, in the case. And there was also a, another public information request that was used as an example and this takes a little bit of a serious tone, and this will make, make this completely clear for y'all. He also requested the body cam footage of an officer-involved shooting, you know, of a person who was fleeing the, the right. law enforcement in Bossier City, crashed his car off of East Texas. He allegedly produced a uh, fake toy plastic gun and... He was shot to death. So Weston Marriott submitted a request, and this was talked about in this case. And he, he, the, he asked for those body cam footages. Now, keep in mind that Wes was a former, I don't know if he was full-time officer or reserve officer, so he knows that. He knows how that process all works. He knows about all that. But he requested this. The response he got from the city was, that no responsive records to your request. Yeah. That's it. End of story. So what's the problem with that, Mr. Lowry? Well, the problem is... Yeah, I mean, did, did they just lose that body cam footage and they legitimately didn't know where it was? Or did, did they just something more that they had a computer crash and they didn't have it? A virus infected something? I mean, what was the deal? But here's what was put out in court. What was put out in court was, was oh... The state police were doing an investigation still of the shoot, shooting, and they took control of all the body cam footage. Now, you just had the statute read to you that says, shall, cert, cert, shall in the certificate state in detail to the best of his knowledge and belief the reason for the absence of the record from his custody or control, its location, and what person then 
has custody of the record. So in that public information request that Wes cited, Richard Ray, he just said no responsive records. So yeah. if you're trying to seek transparency for the public and all your government gives you is no responsive record, which, which isn't true, they knew where the records were, but they withheld that information they are not being transparent, and they're also not following the law. But in Judge Stahl's court, that they were following the law, just well, not this law. It's even worse than that, Duke. So now my audio should be up just a tad. So it's even worse than that. They literally ignored this. They just act like, I mean, it was like completely ignored this. Even when the Tulane lawyers you know, alluded to this and brought up this fact, it was like, uh, okay, let's not talk about it, and then it won't happen. So so right out of the gate, I mean, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, I, I'm not, I think Judge Stahl conducted the proceedings orderly, professionally, the, the way yeah, she, she handled it. She did. I, I agree with that. She did. And I would also contend that I didn't feel like that uh, Wes's case was presented the way it was. So what what y'all have to understand as well, and we we had, we're remiss in saying this, the Tulane lawyers didn't enjoin on the lawsuit until a the couple of before, yeah a couple of days before this case is to be heard because the city and David Montgomery were going to seek sanctions against Marriott. You know, try to fining for attorney's fees and whatever the maximum penalty could be. and But before they could get to that, at the start of the case, the attorneys had to agree, you know, to the order of dealing with the exceptions. And so the first one that they agreed all upon doing was uh, addressing the whether the case was moot or not. All right. So hold that thought. So I'm going to put this comment up here from Jeff Graham. We appreciate everybody that watches. I'm going to have to. All right. Yeah, Security so, system. Yeah, go ahead and do that while I'm... I'm uh, addressing this comment. So we appreciate all comments, whether you agree, disagree with us, whatever. You know, we, we really don't moderate our comments uh, unless it's just an obvious trolling deal. But let me put this back up. So uh, Jeff Gray says, I'm sure, but I don't get a, that luxury because I work 60 hours a week. These guys always tell one side of the story. We always do tell one side of the story. We try to actually present or counterbalance it with both sides. But here's the thing. Make no mistake, especially for those of you, because we got a lot of viewers tonight and we appreciate all of you, but for those of you that are new, we are completely biased. We are not unbiased. I mean, we're, you know, amateur pundits, amateur journalists, and so any politician, heck, Judge Stahl's welcome to come on the show for that matter. I mean, Richard Ray could come on the show. They've all got our phone numbers and come on right now if they want to, but we do... Um, we do have bias in what we say. Now, Jeff also follows up and he says, so you're saying the judge made the right decision on what she had. No, I'm saying she ignored evidence. She ignored the law. Literally, she didn't know it. And the attorneys for, on the city side didn't know the law. And then when they literally sat there and read the law during the hearing, they just glossed right over it and completely ignored this because we haven't even got to the call logs yet. Yeah, so I think this is a great jumping-off point to go to the call logs. One of the other uh, things is, <clears throat> so 
We told y'all that they responded to Wes's request. They sent it to the dark hole of the Tulane uh, lawyers who said previously, don't send us stuff. We're not his attorney on this case. And the city of Bossier just gets to choose, oh, well, we'll send it, by gosh, if we want to send it. Okay, that that was a problem. Um, But they fulfilled some of the requests, but they didn't fulfill all of it. And one of the things that Wes had requested was the cell phone logs, mobile phone logs of David Montgomery. All right. In a set time frame. But pause right there for a second. So let's make it clear. Maybe this will help you understand our perspective on it, Jeff. Part of Wes's contention was, and he can speak for himself, and, you know, he did a, a deal last week. We interviewed him for a few minutes. He gave an update. But part of his request was... A, the cell phone logs and some of this information. Well, if they don't provide that information or provide the legal response, the request still isn't fulfilled. Period. You can't just say no responsive records to the request. You legally have to certify it and give the reason why or, or, or in the case where of the body cam where footage, they're at. the state police has that body cam footage. It's no longer in our control. And David Montgomery's records, his phone records, let's let's get to that part. So <laughs> yeah, oh one, oh of, one of the requests, he asked for the call logs of David Montgomery. You know, y'all, y'all on your mobile phone records, your statements, you know how it'll get that you did this many text messages at this date and time you did this phone calls at this date and time well guess what david montgomery doesn't have none that you can't find them they don't exist all right wait a minute this gets even better i I know what it is he uses smoke signals he doesn't use technology i guess so or or maybe he's got a pager old school pager people still even use pagers much anymore but here's the thing so it's the city's contention and judge stall look Allie is not that old. She's far younger than we are. And so she it's not like, you know, it's an 80-something-year-old judge sitting there who has no clue how all this works. They just glossed over the fact that, oh, it's such a burden, and you just can't get those, those call logs because, oh, it was 18 months ago. All you have to do is call AT&T or Verizon. I think they either charge a 5 or $10 fee, whatever it is, to provide the call logs, and they'll go back for, what oh, is it, you don't three have, or five years? You don't have to make this up. I'm okay. pretty confident that the logs that he was requesting was off of a Verizon phone. So we went and did just did the little online which, check. Which cut is that? Uh, should be second from the top. Cut Verizon. Okay, got it. So we went and said, you know, hey, uh, can I get a call history for a specific number for the past five years? I mean, and, and the automated thing from Verizon replies back, I understand the importance of being able to obtain documents for legal purposes. Our online call records are only available for the past 18 months. In order to obtain call details for the past five years, you would need to purchase the bill reprints by contacting our customer service department. Five years, you can get them. Five years. So for Richard Ray... Well, it's even worse than that, dude. Because Richard Race testified under oath. He went he went to David Montgomery's office and he watched David Montgomery on his computer. Now, he te- also testified that no, he didn't sit there and watch the screen. I think he said he went to the conference room or whatever it was and waited there 
while David Montgomery attempted to log on and get his call logs. And so because he did that, I, look, the defense now is, folks, at least around Bozier in the 26 JDC, if you get a legal request for any call logs, it's, oh, I'm sorry, that, that was 12 months ago. It was a year and a half ago. I, I just can't get those anymore. I, I don't. Sorry. I don't. I don't have a phone bill. Yeah. Don't don't turn them into the prosecutor or don't turn them over to the judge and the court and see what happens to you if the situation were reversed and you're not David Montgomery with Richard Ray going along with that crap and then saying that in open court. This is the problem. This is why we're so fired up about this, Jeff. It's not just that it's Wes and you know we know Wes and you know we've had him on the show and all that. It's that this was literally a circus. All you have to say is no responsive records. Yeah. That, and that's not what the law says, but that is the law of the building where justice goes to die. The law is, is all you have to say is no responsive records, and the law doesn't say that. Yeah, it's crazy. And look, again, I want to reiterate that the way just, uh, Judge Stahl conducted the hearing, again, I agree with you, Duke. I thought it was, you know, she was very fair and she gave both sides plenty of time to speak. And there were a few objections, some she sustained, you know, by the plaintiffs, some she overruled and vice versa on the defense side and all that. So overall, I think that the way she conducted the hearing was fine. But literally skipping over the law and literally agreeing to the fact and then just glossing over the fact that, oh, you can't get call logs from your phone provider if they're, that's 18 months. That's just, you know, so intrusive. You just can't do that. Horse yeah. crap. Yeah, it is horse crap. And oh, by the way, there was a record for a phone, a, a mobile phone for David Montgomery produced. It was oh. one page for his city-owned phone. His city-owned city phone. phone. And yeah. what did it reflect, Rex? Zero. Zilch. Nada. No use. No use on the city-issued phone. As a matter of fact, Richard Ray presented and testified at that hearing under oath that they uh, it was either the following month or, or two months after that, there was no bill. Apparently, that he didn't know why, but apparently the city must have cut that phone off, that number, for the city-issued phone. So you're telling me that David Montgomery, in the last 18 months, has not talked to anybody using his mobile phone, his personal mobile phone, about city business. So as you can see, for his personal phone, in which, you know, you're saying, well, boy, Rex, that's a leap that he's using. Y'all are saying he doesn't use, we, we already, well, we think we know he doesn't use the city phone by based off what we've seen in, in uh in the courtroom, but his personal mobile number, I know of two occasions, has shown up in other public information requests, phone logs for other city employees with his number on it. So, you know, he may contend and say, well, those calls were just, I was calling to ask how the weather was where they were that day. Right. But <laughs> the, the, the uh, alleged thing is, is that he's using his personal number to conduct city business as the at-large councilman, you know, with with people in the city. And I would contend, you know, possibly to be able to try, sidestep transparency. So 
if be, be careful again, Duke. I got to caution you. That's mean to say. I that said, might be inflammatory. I, 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 well, I said alleged, okay. and you remember, know, Judge Stahl gave West what was it, two or three opportunities to say he to was recant. Sorry, he could say he's sorry and well, recant and go you backwards. Can be, you can be nice about it. I'm going to be facetious about it. Uh, to say he was sorry and apologize to them for using mean language, and of course, West refused to do that, and I don't blame him. Because they didn't fulfill the damn information request at all. So, after Judge Stahl made the ruling and said, oh, the case is moot because Richard Ray has complied with all the requests. He sent you the information. He sent it to somebody that said, we're not his attorney, don't send it to us. And that was adequate compliance. And he also uh, has complied by saying, no responsive records, even though the law says something totally different. So then, after she said, well, your case is moot, now we've got to argue the case of sanctions. You know, <laughs> yeah, the city wants to hit you and beat you down so that you don't ever come back again. Now, I'll say, to, to Judge Stahl's credit, she, and I'm going to jump to the end, she only fined him $500. Yeah, and, and look, you know, $500, you know, we could do a GoFundMe campaign and get a couple of people to donate and help Wes cover that. I mean, $500 is not going to uh, break him. I'm sure his wife, Danielle, who is in the comments, thank you for all the comments. I'm sure she wasn't completely happy about having to spend another $500 and some court fees or whatever. But he but ought to be, he ought to shut up and be thankful because she should have hit him for ten or $20,000. The attorneys wanted ten grand in attorney's fees on the defense side and wanted Wes to cover that. Again, he went from being the plaintiff to somehow magically being the defendant in his own case. All because he held the position and used inflammatory language to say that it's a regular thing for the city. And we just showed you out of not all of our public information requests how noncompliance with the law has been a pattern. We, We still contend that regardless of whether the city contends that all of our requests have been met and and. Weston feels the exact same way. He articulated that. You can say what you want, that my language is inflammatory, but my res- my my public information requests have not been fulfilled. Yeah. He, he, he said that. And as a result of him saying that, he got sanctioned. The judge ignored, in, yeah. in my opinion. Now, I, I'm going to give a little not bit of credit. I don't... She literally... We, I mean, we can say that to cover our rear ends, but, I mean, there's no... I'm not even going to say, in my opinion... She literally ignored the law. Parts of the law, anyway. Let me put it that way. Parts of the law. Yeah. So at the end, at the end of the case, now I had walked out of the room. They took a break, and I'd walked outside, and uh, they came back in, and there was no point. I didn't even care to hear it. The reason I didn't. The decision was made long before that hearing. That's why I didn't even come back in because there was no point to even hear where this was going because it was all it was already decided. Right. In my opinion. Yeah, it was. So she came back and addressed the court, and she made some comments in regards to uh, witnesses. What was that about? Oh, well, she she was... So there was the possibility that we might be called as witnesses to document, you know, or discuss some of what we're discussing here tonight. And so the decision was made on Wes's end by his attorneys not to do that, and so when they came back from a lunch recess or, or lunch break or whatever, 
uh, Judge Stahl asked the Tulane lawyers if they had any other witnesses, and they were like, uh, no, Your Honor, we don't. We're, we're not going to call any others. So fast forward to when Duke's talking about the, the last kind of part of the hearing. Uh, she made a comment about, well, I, you know, not only did I give you, Mr. Marriott, more than one chance to say you were sorry for being mean to the city in, in your filings and pleadings, but you had the chance to call other witnesses, and you chose not to do that. And she's literally looking dead at, I, I was sitting here, and, and Colonel Crockett was actually sitting behind me. She's literally looking dead at us, uh, you know, at me like, you know, well, how come y'all aren't going to get up and mention anything about it? But here's the thing. In Wes's filings, he said that they were, you know, his inflammatory language was in reference to um, the records request for the petitioner, for Wes. And so, you know, the decision was made not uh, for us not to have to get up there and testify. And, and I think, you know... It didn't matter. Yeah, it really. It was not going to help anyway because the decision was made long before. You could see by their demeanor. Yeah, and so, you know, if I was Richard Ray, and I, I keep thinking about the response about uh, David Montgomery's cell phone logs, you know what I might would have said, Rex? What's that? Well, no, I would have said the same thing. No responsive records. <laughs> yeah, just get them out. Because no I was thinking— just like on the body cam footage of the shooting that Richard just says, hey, there's no responsive records, even though some other agency had them, it made me think of a federal case with one of Bossier City's law enforcement officers where the FBI was listening in on wiretaps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty confident that there's probably going to be some calls in there. Oh, Richard should have just... He said what he should have said what he said because that would have been lawful, you know. Uh, or maybe he should have said, "Well, seek seek the FBI. They probably yeah. have those on wiretaps." Yeah. Uh, all right. So I was uh, being facetious. Yeah. Look, the 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 summary of this is, of course, you know, West didn't win his case and got flipped from being a plaintiff to a defendant and got sanctioned. You know, I don't know whether he's going to appeal it or not. I have a strong suspicion he's got a pretty good case if he did want to appeal it. So we'll see, you know, whatever he's going to do there. And we'll see where this goes. But I got to tell you, Duke, and, and then we can move on. This does have a little bit of chilling, uh, a chilling effect for people. That was the intent. Yeah. That, I truly believe that was the intent. Yeah, that want to file public information requests, and if the city chooses to just thumb their nose up at you, I mean, what are you going to do? It's like we talked about before, the only recourse that we have for this is people say, well, the city can't do that. That's against the law. Yeah, but you literally have to sue them to prove that. And when you sue them, if you're the plaintiff and you got to go through the 26 JDC, apparently you're going to be made the defendant and have sanctions against you. So it does have a chilling effect. Now, again, to Judge Stahl's credit, she sanctioned him only $500, and she did not award attorney's fees to the defense, which would have put them on Wes, which were upwards of, you know, I don't know, about $10,000 or whatever they were. So to her credit, she did that. And, you know, our contention is, you know, I'm only a lawyer on Facebook, and, you know, you're a Houghton-based uh semi-lawyer sitting over there anyway, so, you know, for what that's worth, you know. Uh but we both think that he does, if he chooses to appeal this, that he does have a good case. And that's just us sitting here armchair quarterbacking him. Yeah, I, I, I think 
I mean, y'all saw the cut of the the statute, you know, the absence of records. I mean, I think it falls, cut 10, I think it falls right there. We ain't got to go back to it, but you can put it up there and show folks again if you want. Um, Yeah, let me find cut 10 here. There we go. And if if, uh, no responsive records is a adequate, you know, compliance with that statute right there, well, may as well get rid of the statute. You might as well get rid of it because it's irrelevant. And I would argue that if anybody wants to test it, Verizon and those phone records, can they're still available. You can file a public information request today. Verizon, they can still be accessed through there. That that number, I believe, is was a Verizon number. That's my understanding. Well, just make sure if you do your public information request for David Montgomery's personal cell phone call logs uh, and request any of the, the calls that were made for public business, make sure you include in there that you'll be glad to drive David down to the Verizon store and you'll be glad to walk in there with him and hold his hand along with Richard Ray, hold both their hands and show them how to do this. And if you file suit and you go to Judge Stahls, you might want to, if you draw her as the judge, you might want to pull it back and just back on out. Yeah. Or just realize that there's going to be some shenanigans going on, and so you're just waiting to be able to appeal. Yeah. You, you Possibly $10,000 or more. Who, who knows? You, yeah. you could get sanctioned and it'd be a bad day for you. All right. <clears throat> Let so me, let me let my blood pressure settle a bit. What's next on the agenda? Well, I wanted to point out, and uh, we, we'll go ahead and do this, but uh, you should, uh, hang on a second, let me find it here. You should go ahead and go to Cut 18. Cut Just, 18, okay. Yeah, for, for everybody to know here, um, so after that end of the day on Friday, you know, Saturday morning, I broke, I woke up and was all spry, and... I sent public information requests to the city of Bossier. Oh, here we go again, Duke. <laughs> I, I, I said, hey, I want to know what your records retention policy is. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I wanted to know what were the training days or the lack of training for all of the councilmen, the mayor, administrative personnel regarding the provisions of RS-44 as described, RS-44-31, you know, all of this pertaining to public, right. public uh, records. Yeah. Because apparently we need some training. Apparently. So now Richard That's my did opinion. Say, I'm trying to remember his testimony. He did say that he, he acknowledged had he had been. He had been to an online training seminar for records retention. Um, but yeah, we, we need to know what your policy is, Bozier. And and hint hint, we've already looked up the law and we know the process. So, you know, Make well, sure you fulfill this request. Well, now, I, I yeah, I filed that we, on Saturday. We might get Sue happy. I filed that on Saturday, guys, and it's the 20th. You know, today's Tuesday. There's been two business days yeah, already yeah. since I filed Well, it. yesterday and then today will be the second day. So, you know, we know they got it on Monday. But then again, they're having IT staffing issues. So, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. Whew. Anybody out there in IT, you want a job, the, the city of Bossier is... Uh, Call your local city councilman and tell them you're up for the job. The pay will be substandard, but they could probably use your help right about now. Yeah, they, they need all the help they can get fulfilling records requests. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, uh, let me I, get a sip of cold coffee look, here. I need to look. I haven't been looking at the comments. What do y'all think? Do y'all think that we're off base? You, you saw the, the part of the law that we quoted... And you see the 
reply that you get on these public information requests, no responsive records. Do y'all, do y'all think we're off base here? Are we wrong in our interpretation? No, we're not lawyers, but we can read. It, it's pretty clear. I mean, none of this is co- really complicated law. It's really not. I, I mean, and, and I will acknowledge, I didn't think Wes's case was made strong enough. You yes, know, the, I would the, agree. The Tulane lawyers, I don't think were as prepared as maybe they would normally be. I, I don't I think they had had time. It was a last-minute signing on to represent him. He was going to go up there and represent himself. Well, and look, i, I got to give Wes a little credit. He was up there battling the other lawyers, and he was pretty much holding his own. So I'll give him a little credit. But I would agree with you that, you know, they the, the lawyers, the Tulane lawyers took this on late in the game. And, you know, they were – you know, didn't have enough time to be well prepared for this, so they did the best they could, but but the decision was made way before this hearing was over. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Well, so Shall that we wasn't that church? wasn't the yeah, there was the first church thing. I mean, we got to... Yeah, and, and we need to talk about Steve uh, Steve Stewart's stuff. He's in the comments, too. I don't know if he still is. I saw him scroll by a few minutes ago. So we need to touch on both of those things, and then we'll call it a night. Yeah, well, let's, let's uh, real quick on the Steve Stewart thing. I, I mean, so a lot of you may not know Steve, or, or but and this was kind of going around on Bentontown happenings and the local Benton pages. There, there was a little bit of... Uh, uh, an uproar, you might say, because Steve, uh, he calls it his ministry. Uh, you know, him and his wife, uh, they cook a lot of food and they distribute it out in the public, um, you know, to, I think, needy people and old people that can't yeah. completely take care of themselves. They cook, they seek donations. I've donated to them in the past. Right. And they cook these foods and then they go out there and distribute them and they do it out of their house. Right, and you know, and, and they're not doing it for for any pay or or anything like that. They're just literally doing it to help support the community and folks in need. So I'm gonna try. Let's see, Duke. Hold on a second. Um, I I really probably let me let me screenshot this for a second because it's gonna be a little tough. Well, I mean, I, I don't think we have to spend a ton of time okay. on it. Yeah, and and go in super detail, but. Um, you know, the long and short of it is somebody made a report, and and I think, I, I didn't dig in that deep, but I think it might have been the health department or somebody like that, and they went in and, and or sent him a cease and desist order saying that you can no longer cook and donate food out of your house or home or whatever. You had to stop doing that. Yeah, so I've got a screenshot of the post pulled up, and, and we don't have to, you know, necessarily read all of it. It's a public post. You can go to what is it on Bentontown Happenings, I think, or whatever one of the groups. And I think I think they've posted it. Uh, Steve or Susan have on their personal timelines too. But anyway, he's just you know detailing this, and basically that you know the uh, the health department or whatever shut them down, not because they found any bad food or anything like that. Yeah, not at all. Just the fact that they're they're not legally permitted by the government to cook food and give something away free out of your house. Yeah, and so now I think he was told that if he had a you know if they built a a, a building outside their home and put some kitchen equipment in there, they could do this. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is this this all originated out of somebody making a complaint against them for this, and so. 
You know, Steve has already, he said, you know, in his comments, he said, look, you know, whoever it was, we forgive them. And, right. you know, they're going to move on. We're, yeah. No, we're not whatever. But what I would say, I, I, if anybody knows and or even the person that made the complaint, right. I don't want to know who you are, but message us in Proton Mail privately. Yeah. What's the reason? Yeah. I mean, was it just a general, hey, you couldn't cook out of your kitchen and do it, and so you don't want anybody else to? Was it a specific reason or whatever? And let us know. And look, if any of you uh, have any food service experience well, and, what, and have had to deal with this, comment and let us know as well. And one of the reasons I want to know, Rex, is because I, I, I haven't confirmed it, but I understand this similar situation has happened and somebody else was sent a cease and desist and shut down doing the same exact thing. So I'm wondering if the justification of whoever made the complaint, um, you know, is the same in this case as it was in that case. Right. Okay. So we would just want to let y'all know, and look, you know, we, we usually don't necessarily try to push this kind of stuff, but I know that Steve and his wife, Susan, are doing the right thing. They're doing it for the right reasons. They're trying to help out folks in need around our community. So if you can, um, and you can help out in any way, you know, if it's, if it's money, if it's $5, if it's helping donate food or, or whatever, have some ideas how they can do this, um, reach out to them on Facebook and let them know that you would like to help in whatever capacity because... You know, I, I've seen their Facebook post before and knew that they were kind of doing this ministry, but I didn't realize how much support they had in the community and really how many meals and all that they had been preparing. So any way that y'all can help out, uh, reach out to them and let them know, hey, you're here to help. Yeah, so uh, I, I could go off a million places on this and really get uh, kind of crappy on it, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and stop right there and... Let's go ahead and uh, get on to this first church saga. And right. uh, yeah, let me get rid of some screenshots. Okay, do we have some cuts for this, or what do we got? Um, let me see here. I, I yeah, there's one cut down in there. Yep, um, right there. Right. So the only thing that we really have on this so far is um, a press release, you know, from the attorneys, Allison Jones, who came on the show a couple of shows ago. Yeah. It was a great interview, by the way. <clears throat> Yeah, and and I know a lot of people were like, oh, Duke's done turned to the dark side or Duke is carrying the water for First Church or whatever. And, I mean, look, we need to play devil's advocate on some of these things on both sides. You know, Rex needs to be on one side. I need to, We need to press some of this stuff. Again, it's all about transparency. It's not saying whether I believe anybody is wrong or right or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have my opinions historically about some of the things that have transpired at First Church, but whether or not the right or wrong in in the money in the case, you know, I, I don't 100% know on that. I, I don't. But what I will tell you is you, Allison, you know, put a press release out about what took place the same day Wes's case, and, yes. you know, we didn't go to that, that hearing, but... Uh, yeah, and I'll make sure and publish this press release and, and the other attachments that were along with it on the Facebook page. Honestly, it's probably going to be tomorrow as late as it is tonight. But 
Um, anyway, so here's what the press release says. Um, it says, on February 15th, 2024, the 26th JDC denied several motions filed by First Baptist Church of Bossier and other named defendants, which were designed to prevent the plaintiffs from moving forward on their legal action against the individual defendants, including, but not limited to, Dr. Brad Jerkovich. Specifically, the court denied the defendant's motion to strike and exceptions of no right of action, lack of procedural capacity, and an exception of subject matter jurisdiction. The effect of the ruling denying these pleadings is that the plaintiffs can now take depositions of certain church leaders and begin conducting discovery. Dum, dum, dum. Now, you know, when we had Allison on and we were talking a little bit about that, you know, um, we were talking about, you know, one of the things that I think that First Church was saying was was that, you know, the this deal had prescribed that, you know, basically the statute of limitations were out. And I think that would have, in the legal terms or whatever, that was one of the things that they were basically trying to say. And Allison said, no, we don't believe that to be the case at all. And I, the judge apparently, you know, ruled in her favor right. on that. That's that's what it looks like, and that's what it appears. So it's uh, to continue reading. It says the uh, the litigation was initially filed to challenge the way the bylaws of the church were amended. Plaintiffs later amended their lawsuit to allege that Dr. Jerkovich and other church leaders had engaged in conduct that breached fiduciary duties owed in numerous ways, including one, failing to give proper notice to the members of the church of their intent to amend the bylaws, number two, failing to make complete disclosures by hiding the true effect of the extent of amendments, and number three, giving Dr. Jerkovich autocratic control of a Baptist church which purports to be answerable to its members, and number four, engaging in other conduct that constituted a breach of their fiduciary duties. Now, you know, I want to remind everybody, especially if any of you are new to the show, we don't make it a habit of publicizing and talking about stuff with churches. The reason for this is because that church has been weaponized for politics, and we've done show after show on that issue. They've been some of our highest viewed shows, and so that's the reason that we're continuing to follow this case. Yeah, and and I want to go back to um, you know the 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 couple of issues, and, and when we had Allison on, we we went over this a little bit, and and I think one of the points that we made because this is one of the things that has been out there is is that some of the the folks who have sued this were actually some of the people that were involved in the process of amending the bylaws, or or however this process took place, whether right or wrong. Some of the people that are in the lawsuit were a party to, to these changes. And I suspect that will be an issue that people can expect to see brought to the forefront as this case goes forward, um, which I, I got to say, I think people, I want to be there to hear this, hear that line of questioning and and. Yeah, it could be very interesting. And so um, you can go on down. We, we will get this press release posted, um, you know, on the Facebook page and all of that after the show. Is there anything else in this press release we really need to go over? I mean, some of this we've already talked about with uh, what the justices said and all that. No, I don't. I don't. 
think that there is. Um, again, I, I would suspect that probably, uh, you know, all the pretty much it was all the staff at, at First Church. I would suspect they're going to appeal this. And then once a ruling comes back, you know, on that appeal, then the case. Because I think tentatively there's a uh, March March date for the next hearing. Maybe. I can't remember for sure. But I would be shocked if there's not an appeal for this. And then that will drag it out and probably push it past March pending the outcome of the appeal. And, you know, then we'll hear it from there. Who knows? Yeah, so um, let's see. We've covered the Steve Stewart stuff. We covered the West Marriott stuff, and now we've touched on the uh, the first church stuff. Or you mean we're actually following our list, and and it's only nine thirty-five. We've only been rambling now for an hour and thirty-five minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you. Uh, we're, let me. We're gonna have to go to late meetings and and do shows sitting here at a table together again. Well, uh, I could I could show y'all a whole lot more public information requests that contradict you know uh the 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 statute Uh, maybe we'll post them on the facebook page just for people to peruse through and and see that we're not making this up yeah uh again you know i understand i have it on a good authority and i may be wrong that the it department has some problems over there in bozier city that you know they had maybe maybe i should go apply and it may not be you might should uh you you probably would run the thing over day overnight but i understand you know bill bell left bill bell has been over there i bill's a friend sharp guys like you Mm -hmm. wizard at tech stuff has been forever you know the finest of people um so Bill left. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle at the council meeting, and, and we'll have to go back and kind of dig into that. But Bill left, mm-hmm. and but not you know the council didn't take action soon enough to save Bill Bell. Well, as I understand it, there were about eight more employees over there, and in the past week or so, of those eight employees that remain, six of them have put in a two weeks notice, and possibly the other two are considering taking another job somewhere else. Mm. And my understanding is it's all about pay. Yeah, I, I probably won't be applying for that because I don't think they, not bragging, but I don't think they could afford me as an IT guy. Well, which, which brings me to the Charter you know, Commission public hearing yeah. today. Yeah, let's spend a five minutes or so on that. Yeah, which I think it was good. You know, people were were speaking, um, telling ideas or right. what, and, and pretty good crowd. Pretty good crowd. Some of the media was there. Yeah, um, Channel three was there, or, or and, and hey, Beam was there. We even learned we had it all wrong about Lisa Johnson. Oh, we did. Uh, how did we have it wrong? <laughs> I, I mean, I would argue that you know she's now the de facto spokesman. Lisa, you are. I mean. You set yourself up for this. You went on keel this morning. We posted the video with the audio. I would argue she's now the de facto spokesman for the Charter Review Commission. Yeah, but where we had it wrong was, you know, we alleged that she was going to be a candidate for mayor. Oh, did we have that wrong? I figured she was probably going to run for mayor. What's she running for, Duke? Well, well, then, then we alleged that she wasn't running for mayor. Oh. That she's going to be the CAO. Careful of alleging stuff. We might get sued for that. Well, not by Lisa. Lisa didn't threaten to sue us. She, well, she took it in good fun. She still wants to go bungee jumping. Yeah, she she is into bungee jumping. Yeah. Anyway, so so then we allege that she's just bucking to be the CAO. Oh, you know, she actually may be a good CAO. 
But she's I, pretty detail oriented. I, I mean, I, she knows the city charter and city charter review commission stuff inside and out. I mean, she's only been the spokesperson for not even a whole day. But look, I got to tell you, sources say that she was considering an at-large council race. Oh. Hmm. And 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 I even asked her about it tonight. Well, was it something that we can share on the record, or is no? You know to be, what she said. Just she, it'll just she, be between us. Dude. She held her hand out and she says, "Here, push that button." Oh. And I said, "Which button?" She said, "Push that button." And I started going, "Dee dee 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 dee." dee. <laughs> it's like dialing a phone. <laughs> a little bit of an inside joke. Yeah. I don't know why we're. Si- I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the camera, and I'm. I looked up, and we're both looking sideways and not looking. Well, at the yeah, camera. we're talking to each other, and not to the Osari people. And look, I got to say, we still got over a hundred people watching. At you know, um, what are we at? I don't even know where we are. Uh, at an hour and thirty nine minutes. So hey, we appreciate everybody watching. So all kidding aside, Lisa did commit to bungee jump off the Jimmy Davis Bridge. Yes. She she was going to go first, you know, and then we were going after it. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna tie the knots to the bungee cord, so don't worry about that. We got you covered, Lisa. Dang, are we gonna have to get a permit from the city for that? I don't know. Is that in the city? Yeah, I guess it is in the city. Hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe. I wonder if you have to get a permit to bungee jump off of a bridge. What if it's a walking bridge? Well, if Lisa's the mayor, maybe that won't be a problem. Yeah. And if she's a CAO, that won't be a problem. And then. Well, well, as de facto spokesperson for the Charter Review Commission, she could write herself into the charter to always be mayor. There How about you, that? There you go. See, we got the problem solved, Lisa. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. I'm that's, tapped out. That's pretty much all I got, too. Let me put uh, one thing up in the comments here. So Steve Stewart says, I can be reached on my Facebook page or feel free to call me and I'll be happy to discuss. 318-393-1121. Again, they're doing good things, trying to help feed people. So if you can help them at all in whatever capacity they get all this sorted out, we highly recommend that you reach out to help them if you can. Hey, Val Baker says there was a situation in Shreveport about someone doing the same thing about feeding the homeless and less fortunate out of their home also. You know, that that I hadn't heard of that case. That may be a different one. Yeah, might be a Another Louisiana one. Watch deal that we can look into. By yeah. the way, folks, a reminder: Thursday nights we're doing Louisiana Watch. Who's our guest? John Nicholson. Yeah, we've got uh, Sheriff's Racing Cattle over there. Y'all may have heard about and the whole debacle with the voting deal, voting irregularities. Yeah, it's going to be a heck of an interview with uh, Nicholson. You know, you you know where I have any. We've not, I don't think. I don't personally know him, and I don't, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him. I don't think I – I don't remember having one. So, yeah, we would encourage you all to watch all that. Christopher James Norris, who is from the other side of the river, says this is why I love Bozier Watch and Louisiana Watch. Not only informative, but also entertaining. We try to be both of those things when we can. And, uh, look, we want to say again thank you to everybody watching. Look, we need a couple of hundred more subscribers on YouTube. Y'all go to YouTube, look up Bozier Watch, subscribe to Bozier Watch, look up Louisiana Watch, subscribe to Louisiana Watch on YouTube. That's very important. We need to get those numbers up because I don't think we can – we hadn't really – the cat's kind of out of the bag, but Duke and I are trying to transition into being able to do this and covering – information and, and politics and all that sort of thing. Um, more than just a hobby, let's put it that way. And, and if there is an attorney that wants to take a public information case, reach you know, out. and if there, if there is a, yeah, reach out. 
take it. You can get your attorney's fees if there's a judgment. And uh, the, whatever judgment, the only thing we would ask is that it goes to the employees of the city of Bossier. Yeah. In we'll, some way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. We'll, we'll sort all that out. Okay. Anything else, Mr. Lowry? That is all I got. All right. Again, we appreciate everybody. Uh, if you want to donate some money to help our cause and so we can afford some more coffee, and go to bozwatch.org and you can donate there. You can send us stars. You can uh, look, even if you don't want to do that, just like, share, comment, all that sort of thing. Let your friends know about the show. That all helps. So, you know, even if you can't help out monetarily, just doing that helps. Just showing up and watching the show helps us out. And we appreciate it as we try to keep an eye out on Bozier. And we've got all these uh, all these fine people watching out as well. Thank you all, and we will see you Thursday night, 7 we're, o'clock. We're out here. Louisiana Watch. Go like and follow.